What's up everybody? Welcome to Crypto with Coop. I'm Coop and this is the spot for fun, informative conversations with influential people in the crypto space. And today I am excited about this one, folks. I'm talking to Michael Cotton. He is the co-founder of Meld Ventures. Meld invests in several Algorand ecosystem projects like Algomint, Pact, and many, many, many others. Michael Cotton is one of the best advocates for Algorand out there. And we have an incredible conversation about all things Algorand, Algorand governance. We talk about gold versus Bitcoin. We talk about incentivizing node running and so much more. If you're interested in Algorand, if you're interested in Bitcoin, this is definitely the conversation for you. But before we dive in, let's get a word from our sponsor, Headline Inc. Headline is building essential Algorand ecosystem tools. They just had a DEX go live on Testnet, HDX. It's a flat fee trading platform. It's actually free if you hold a Platinum Astro. But yeah, Headline's got a growing community in the Algorand ecosystem. They are building DAO tools, NFTs with utility, and so much more. Essentially, if Algorand needs it, Headline is building it. All right, folks? All right. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Michael Cotton. I think this is your third or fourth time on the show. I was I was trying to think of this this morning. I'm not 100% sure, but it's, it, it is one of the two. So we're 50-50 chance of getting it right. Yeah. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think this is our third on just my show. And then we also had that conversation at AlgoFest last year. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a lot's happened over the years or the years, the year, not even a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the problem is in, in, in the blockchain space, time goes, you know, five, 10 X the, the speed. Yeah. So a year yeah. is, you know, 10 crypto years. So last time we talked, um, it was just, I think, like the, um, yeah, it was like two days after the Mint uh, IDO. Um, and, you know, a lot has changed. A lot is happening right now. I thought that this would be a good time to have you back on. You've been in the Algorand ecosystem from the beginning and you are, you know, you're building and you've been building on Algorand for a while. So I thought maybe with all of the kind of, I don't know, everything's just going haywire. Today is actually you know, interesting because, you know, Algorand kind of dunked on the Ethereum foundation and the market is having some weird relief rally right now. But um, so people are feeling a little better, but still overall, it's hard. So I thought it'd be a good time to catch up with you. But before we get into all of that, how how are you doing? How is Meld Ventures? How is Algomint? Anything, anything new to report? Mate, uh, we're all good here. I think in, in reality, um, at the moment, our core focus is, is what does the next sort of two years look like? Uh, and across the portfolio for Mel Adventures, where we're really leaning into making sure that all the teams uh, understand what's happening, uh, are thinking about what their burn rate looks like, thinking about what their team looks like, uh, thinking about what their product needs to look like, uh, reassessing the fundamentals and ensuring that they're really sort of strengthening themselves for the next sort of couple of years um, you know, we think two years is about the sort of prep time for most projects to be feeling pretty comfortable with, you know, getting through this period. So we're, we're sort of really leaning into that um, between the team, AJ, Dustin and myself, we all have really different skills. So, you know, each of us are, are taking the time to talk to the projects and, and just making sure they have what they need. Mm-hmm. And if they need extra support in getting there um, and what they're missing and, and how we can ensure that they're sort of, you know, prepped for this, this, uh, this battle ahead. So, yes. So you're speaking, um, you know, as Meld Ventures um, from that perspective, right? So maybe if the audience doesn't know, what are some of the uh, protocols or the projects that um, Meld Ventures supports? Yeah. Okay. Very, really good question. So it's, it's, it's uh, over 50 projects now in total in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that ranges from everything from Algamint, which is, you know, one of our own internal incubator projects, mm-hmm. through things like Pact, Tiny Man. Um, X-Bact, Polonize, uh, Meadow Labs with the amazing Australia Zoo launch we've, we've seen in the last couple of days. That was so fun. Um, oh, man, it was brilliant. The guys the guys did a great job. And, and you know, awesome to see. Uh, I don't know if you looked at the stats, the number of new NFT holders that came into the ecosystem. Like it was just, you know, a really, really great result. And all the money going to such a great cause too, which was well, great. 
And that's, I mean, that's partly, I'm sure, why it's going so well. There's just shows like even right now during when everybody's kind of hurting, people want to support the Algorand, you know, ecosystem likes to support and it's cool art and it's, you know, it's fun and it's going to help wildlife. So that's cool. And, you know, the team, the team were up for uh, something insane. I can't remember what it was, but it ended up being like 21 hours, um, keeping in mind that 100% of the sale went to Australia Zoo. So it wasn't like they were working uh, night and day for a profit. It was really yeah. to drain, you know, draw these funds over to, you know, wildlife conservation. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to get slightly sidetracked, but I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts on the overall. I, I do this okay. every time, Coop. I don't know what we expect. <laughs> I know we are. <laughs> We always do that. And before you tell me your thoughts, I want to know your thoughts, but I just want, you know, we're seeing Celsius on the verge of implosion. We've watched Terra Luna implode. We're seeing we're, we're, things are dying. Can you just reassure everybody in the Algorand ecosystem that their Go BTC and Go ETH is still in good hands? Look, completely, look, 100%. And, and I think one of the interesting questions I actually think came up lately, which was uh, fairly significant in the Celsius downfall, was STE. Uh, and it's probably good to define the difference. You know, STE is, is staked ETH on Lido. Um, the, the key difference there is it's, it's an undefined amount of time before that ETH will actually really be freed up uh, with right. the merge in ETH 2.0, which is a very different scenario with, with actual wraps uh, available to withdraw and uh, unwrap or, or bridge back to native Ethereum. Um, so it's a live process of you can come and go as you please. Whereas with right. STE, the, the real issue was it was an undefined amount of time. Uh, which yeah. meant if you need to exit, you need to sell, uh, which is really yeah. where we, we saw a, a lot of issues for Celsius because their position in STE was, was humongous. Um, and that, you know, is compounded across a, a whole range of different areas that have similar issues. But thankfully with Algorand, it's quite a different process. And right. I suppose if, if I talk about the Mel Adventures advice as well to projects, you know, Algorand is one of those projects that has to listen to that same advice. Um, and, you know, talking to yourself, most of the time gets you locked up, but we've done a little bit of that in, in recent days. Yeah. And, you know, in, in reality for Algorand, our, our real focus now is number one, building strong tech and solid tech mm -hmm. that will have utility and bring value to the ecosystem, but also ensuring that we, we see fundamentals in the project. So the project is actually, actually revenue generating while adding value that makes sense for that revenue generation. So, we're sort of really leaning in and we'll, we'll see an updated roadmap soon around what things should we be focusing on to build to that specific um, product roadmap. Um, mm -hmm. So you'll see an updated roadmap in, in the months to come that will really help define what our plan is around that to ensure we're creating useful products that are revenue generating that mean we have you know a long-term business model for something like Algorand. Great. Great. But yes, it's all it's all safe. Is the short answer. So every, everything's safe if everybody wants. To, if there, there's a run on Go ETH and Go BTC, everybody can redeem. Gotcha. Exactly. We like. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So here we are. You know, we've. I just got back from Consensus. Um, you know, during Consensus, there was a bit of an uproar over LimeWire doing their first NFT project on Ethereum and their token being an ERC twenty. I mean. You know, there's there's been a lot that's kind of, you know, beating down on the Algorand e community, really, and just being like, oh, man, like what's going on? So I don't know, just in general, tell us, tell us what your thoughts are on all of it. <laughs> so look, something good is, as sort of, a, 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 you know, for transparency, we also are an investor in LimeWire. So Mel Ventures invested in LimeWire. Okay. Um, so we met the team quite early on. Um, we, I, I probably have a slightly different look and, and maybe a slightly controversial um, view on what's happening with LimeWire. For starters, I can completely appreciate where the community is coming from. I can sort of, you know, the dream scenario is it's all built on our grand, which would make you know, an incredible amount of sense for all of us that are true believers. You know, in reality, projects like LimeWire that will have such a public face um, helping to bring people to Algorand, I think is really where, where we see a lot of value creation. I think a part of that is, you know, obviously I'm preaching to the choir, but you and I, Coop, we both are incredibly strong uh, proponents of Algorand tech. Uh, and I think users in Ethereum, maybe purchasing the NFTs, coming to the LimeWire application and starting to use Algorand tech and realizing, wow, this is, this is actually way better than what I just did 10 minutes ago. 
Um, yeah. I think will actually be incredibly valuable uh, and we think it'll be incredibly useful. What we'd like to see from LimeWire, and I don't think anyone out there would disagree, you know, I'd like to see them not only issued on Ethereum. I think it would be brilliant to have them where you can actually have them held on Ethereum or Algorand and participate as an OG regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, for the ERC20 token, the LimeWire token, um, I do think we will see that happen. I think it's a natural progression. I'd rather see it happen sooner rather than later. Um, but, you know, for us, I think we're really taking the view that this is a, a really interesting opportunity to use such a huge brand to mm-hmm. gain exposure to an, to an Ethereum, you know, ecosystem and the Ethereum NFT collectors and, and users that want to access LimeWire who will actually get some direct exposure to our brand tech and, and how powerful it actually is. Yeah. You know, and something that I've said, and I think it's a kind of a cold reality, but if, you know, there were a 10,000 piece NFT collection going for $700 an Algorand, it's not going to succeed, you know? No. And look, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's sad. I feel like a little bit hurt. On the inside saying <laughs> I'm, it. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to uh, hurt you. Yeah. But yeah, I, I look, I, I agree. Um, and, and, I think overall too, and look, we've had, you know, Ethereum with, with everything going on in the last 24 hours between Ethereum and Algorand, mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, most of us feel even more strongly about both, you know, the Ethereum, the Algorand team, you know, Paul's response was incredibly professional. And um, I think he did a great job in, in coming back to, you know, to um, Ethereum's, you know, the Ethereum Foundation post. Mm-hmm. But I think on top of that, you know, what we also face as a collective is, and, and our grand faces this more problem more than anyone else because it, it's bundled in with all the other texts to the broader community. Uh, and I think we saw this a lot with Australia Zoo. I don't know if anyone looked at Robert Irwin's post about the NFT drop. Everyone instantly assumes, you know, it's bad for the environment. You know, it's a terrible technology. You shouldn't be using it. Why would you do fundraising with this kind of technology? And, you know, I think collectively blockchain faces this issue. A lot of the sentiment out there is this is bad tech. This is bad for the environment technology. This is where all the scams happen. And it's not a reality for Algorand, but collectively the blockchain community needs to see that mindset change of the public. And, you know, I think as the community, we also need to be really conscious that, um, which thankfully the Algorand community is brilliant at this, is we, we need to be informative. We need to be helping people with educating them on exactly what this tech is. You know, we need to be patient because most of the reaction out there, and we saw it with Bob's post, was really quite instantly negative. It's that sort of knee-jerk reaction of, oh, how could you? How terrible? Um, and it's going to take patience and time and, and consistency in, in getting the message out that, hey, no, this is different. Our grand tech is different. Blockchain isn't just this terrible technology. Like all early technologies, it's tough at the beginning. It's clunky. It's painful. It's not perfect. But the the intention is that the fundamentals make sense. And, and through yeah. dedicated teams like the Algorand team, we'll see incredible tech delivered that can really change the course of what this kind of tech can do. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, that does exist out there at every kind of um, Twitter post about blockchain and NFTs that isn't like specifically in crypto Twitter, it always has so many of these kind of like, this is terrible for the environment. It's just a bunch of, you know, crypto bros and, you know, negativity and, you know, the dark side, whatever, all, all the stuff that people think that, you know, crypto is that it's some of it is that, but like, <laughs> you know, Bitcoin uses a lot of energy. I mean, you know, we can't deny the, the facts, but still. No, exactly right. And I think this is, and this is the key issue is that we are just really seeing this, this bundling of Algorand in with everything else, yeah. uh, which just isn't accurate. You know, I sort of, I feel like it's, it's back in the internet days. It was almost like if it was on the internet, it was terrible back in early internet days. And it's not, that's, that's, it's not relative. It's not directly comparable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, but what's really fascinating on the Australia Zoo side with their release um, is that in reality, the the way that they they underwent this fundraising made it more easily available globally to almost anyone in the world that wanted to participate, mm-hmm. allowed it to happen at extremely low cost with very little friction for any country in the world, mm-hmm. and use had almost no carbon footprint compared to traditional fundraising methods. So, you know, yeah. on the average style of fundraising method, it was more environmentally friendly, it was more accessible, and it was lower cost to run. You know, it's a great example of why this technology is the future. 
Yeah, and it's a great example to other things like the Australian Zoo and and wait, wait, the zoo, the Australian Zoo's doing this, and they're like, oh, they're, this is carbon negative. It's a good thing for people to see. I will, I will say, just to um, kind of go back for a second, back to LimeWire briefly. I think the main concern, well, at least it was the main concern that I had, is that it seemed like the Algorand team was a little blindsided by the news. And so that is that was part of mine being like, okay, well, what is happening? Like, are they being misleading? Like, did you know uh, that was that seemed to be my main struggle with what happened with Limewire? And then their Discord uh, communication was terrible, but that's whatever. That's just a, a group of guys on Discord. But um, yeah, so that was my my main issue. And look, and 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 I can't actually comment because I'm I'm not uh, privy to sort of what went on between Algorand themselves uh, and yeah. LimeWire. Um, we we just sort of had our our interactions with the team, um, talked about the artists they're bringing, talked to them about the kind of product they're trying to build, uh, mm-hmm. and I think we overall liked the the concept of you know. Um, Less uh, didn't like the concept of the Ethereum piece as much, but liked the concept of the overall product and and what it could it. do uh, for yeah. artists. So that was the piece that sort of really resonated with us. Plus, you know, they they've got a, a pretty uh, incredible lineup of artists that um, they are bringing onto the platform too, which is great. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it seems like it's still and and most of the um, real activity is going to be happening on Algorand. So. Well, as look, state, you know, state proofs out next month, and we'll start to see a lot more development around there. Which, you know, in the dream scenarios, we see those NFTs, those ten thousand NFTs in the ERC twenty token, actually finding a native home on Algorand. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, I mean, another uh, something that happened today is that the voting closed, and so you're you're in the Algorand DeFi space. It seems very clear that the you know the voting the doubling of the voting power for DeFi lost that that did not win. But, you know, I've talked to a few people recently, uh, Michelle Dada recently on the show, and, you know, there seems to be a really kind of negative sentiment about how governance is is going. You know, it seems like people are kind of like, this is a waste of, you know, for these like early adopters, they're just kind of getting all of this um, algo, it's inflationary, and what are they actually doing for the ecosystem? So clearly this vote was meant to at least attempt to address that. What are your thoughts on governance? <clears throat> Good question, Coop. Um, <laughs> uh, that, look, that look over there kind of indicated, <laughs> all right, do I, uh, how do I, how, what should I really say? Anyways, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am sweating. By the way, I if if the audience out there keeps on seeing me check, I'm just like shiny and like dripping right now. But anyway, well, I'm in Australia, so it's winter here now. So, I'm, oh, is it? I've, I've got Ugg boots on. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, I no, I uh, no, it's like 104, and I have the air conditioner off because of the noise, and I'm like in the sauna talking to Michael uh, Cotton in the sauna. <laughs> um. So look, governance. You know, I, I I do agree with Michelle. I think we 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 are seeing um, an incredibly high yield for what is is incredibly low risk participation in the ecosystem. Um, I, I think we we ideally I would like to see two two key things. Um, number one, either the the emission schedule reduced by reducing that reward profile, um, channeling those algos into DeFi growth. I think would be really valuable because. If we sort of zoom out to what do we need right now um, at a bare minimum, and and uh, you know people might have heard me say this before, but at the bare minimum, you know we need to be able to trade algo in volume on Algorand. Like that should yeah. be our like that should be our minimum goal. You can come and you can buy twenty gram worth of algo without it actually being half a percent cheaper once you take into account slippage um, to go to a CX because that that should be a absolute basic for us is buying algo with usdc should be a very simple basic fundamental piece we should see inside the ecosystem so you know i think we should be seeing a reduction in either the emission schedule and um to very little um, in terms of governance participation or you earn governance participation through other activities um and those algos either not being released or being funneled into growing genuine tvl that that has has actual utility and brings value on chain i think that would be the dream scenario you know i'd like to see a change where we see node uh, participation rewarded 
Um, I think Michelle and I differ a little bit in terms of our thinking around this particular topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in order for, for there to be true decentralization of the node network, which is I think one of the, the final sort of missing pieces of what we really need to see to say this network is genuinely decentralized. Yep. And it can't just be decentralized in terms of, you know, I host 100 nodes and host them on different servers around the world because the, the key piece of the decentralization component, <clears throat> this is a longer answer. <laughs> probably no, this is good. No, the, the, the key piece of the decentralization component has to also be geographical because it, it's also falling then into different regulation, regulatory yeah. domains. You know, so we need people across the globe physically to be running nodes in their jurisdiction, which would really mean the network becomes, you know, completely battle ready um, and future proofed. Uh, and and I know the idea that um, we should need to because of the pure, uh, pure proof of stake and, you know, the way the consensus mechanism works. But, you know, to operate <clears throat> um, to operate a relay node right now is about 10 to 15,000 US per year. You know, in, in reality, we need one to, to maybe 12,000 of them, depending on the size of the network, for it to be genuinely decentralized. They still need to be distributed. So if we've got a 1,000 all in the US, it actually doesn't achieve the goal. But right. in order to do that, I think we need to incentivize people to actually you know, operate those nodes to ensure we see true decentralization. And I think a mechanism could be created where we can also you know, see it aim for the right sort of number we need. So it's not a case of you know, there's 100,000 of them unnecessarily. But right. I think that's also a fundamental piece of, of what we, we kind of need to see from governance. And, and then, you know, I think everyone's dream would be if we are going to have governance votes, we, we do see a point where the community actually gets to be a part of what the votes look like. Um, the, the only other piece I would really like to see, and, and this is probably more personally of, of where my thought of, sort of thoughts have always gone around um, leadership and, and, and around uh, decision-making, it would be also great to see debates about the different questions that uh, are on hand. Cause I feel like at the moment we sort of get posed the questions, there might be a little bit of information around it, but it would actually mm-hmm. be great to see some of the leaders in the community actually talk about the different options, talk about why they might be positive or negative and, and actually, yeah. you know, let people absorb the information they do to make informed decisions. Um, I do think that becomes more meaningful as more people, um, uh, more people get involved in in the process of deciding what we should vote on, uh, but you know I, I think that would be the dream scenario. So I don't agree with the double voting. I don't know that that's that's a census uh, you know a sensible path, but I do agree with the idea of, of channeling this sort of huge emission schedule we have now that is is you know providing algos for for very low risk while the key piece of the ecosystem is struggling to grow i do think we should be funneling that to to push that that quality growth um yeah and when i say quality growth too i'm less excited about like a usdc usdt pair um i don't think they're particularly exciting i think it's it's almost free yield in itself rather than taking the smart contract risk but growing things like algo usdc Growing things like the money markets, um, growing things like the alternative trading pairs, so we we can see real you you know value and and growth in the ecosystem. That that means users can come in, start trading BTC, ETH, Algo, alts, getting loans, doing all those kinds of bits and pieces without having to leave and go somewhere else because you know it doesn't make financial sense for all the transaction types you need to do. Yeah. And you, um, you mentioned that Pact is one of your uh, Meld Ventures is in your portfolio. And I saw that they're integrating Fireblocks. That should be, that's kind of a, a nice piece of news for like institutional investors and everything, right? Look, it, it's, it's actually going to be really brilliant. So we've, we've got two pieces of, you know, what I would call sort of institutional grade tech um, coming to our grand Fireblocks integration, first part, mm-hmm. uh, which is brilliant for a certain type of of company because you know it's not really accessible to anyone it's you know the the expense of operating it the you know the the additional features it offers aren't really styled to individuals or um, it's really styled to you know larger organizations um, and then we have things like prismatic which you know is going to be offering actually quite quite similar tech but you know available to everyone uh, right. which i think will be brilliant as well so we've got two key pieces that are missing and so people understand why it's so important um, that these kind of technologies are built. At the moment, if you want to see a, a, a venture, uh, a venture capital firm bring a billion dollars on chain, 
they have to do it from a hot wallet. Um, so yeah. what it means is in these kind of organizations that are generally not one person orgs, you know, they're 10, 20, 50, 100 people organizations, a single person has to be responsible and have control of those funds. Uh, right. And keep in mind that almost never are those funds owned by that individual. They're owned by maybe a collective of 100 different LPs to that fund, which in reality, regardless of what's happening, it's not, it's not viable for most institutions to actually even come in and participate because their mandate for the fund, for example, might mean that that actually doesn't meet their security requirements, which means they just can't participate at all. So, you know, this will be a really strong leap for that next sort of wave of funds entering the ecosystem. Great. You know, so today we actually, it seems like we got, you know, a relief rally. The um, Fed was pretty aggressive um, here in the States, obviously, uh, aggressive by raising interest rates 75 basis points. And that seemed to indicate to the market that they're serious about inflation and stuff like that. And so we're, we're seeing a little bit of a relief. But I mean, look, I think it won't last. I, I think what we see, what is happening, we're in a bear market and certainly in crypto. I mean, Bitcoin seems to have further to go and, and Ethereum seems to have further to go. And, you know, during bear markets, a lot of these VCs might be, uh, you know, a little less generous with their funds. And so that's not going to necessarily do wonders for TVL and projects in the ecosystem. So what are you, how does Algorand kind of keep going and grow and attract new talent and attract, you know, uh, money into the ecosystem in this market? I think there's, um, there's a couple of points I'll make here. And, and, and firstly, uh, Algorand is in reality, Algorand in terms of DeFi, in terms of genuine uh, on-chain capabilities such as, you know, contract to contract calls. And we're just seeing the unlimited expansion of on-chain data. These are all key requirements to actually grow the kind of pro protocols we need on the, on Algorand to see that kind of adoption as well. What that really boils down to is, is it still is day one for Algorand. We really are brand new. Um, yeah. What that then means in terms of the influx of funds, in reality, you know, being that Teal is a fairly new language, you know, we're still seeing things like Pi Teal and Reach still developing and growing. Auditors are still finding their feet with this language. It's, you know, it's not, it's not a commonly understood language for auditors right. to be able to come in and really effectively and efficiently audit the code. What that really means is that for, for venture capital, it was going to be hard to see billions flow into the ecosystem because, you know, there, there isn't the confidence. And I know, you know, I've seen some comparisons by different people to things like Avalanche, for example. Um, it, it's not the same. You know, we've seen on Avalanche, we've seen incredibly big projects from Ethereum with teams that are battle tested and have been in the space for a long time who also aren't having to change the code by a lot then deploying yeah. on Avalanche. And this is why they could see so much growth so fast because it, it wasn't the same leap it is to participate on Algorand. So, you know, for, for me and, and for AJ and Dustin and, and the team and I, like for us, we see this as a really incredible opportunity to build and, and have this ecosystem battle ready for this next cycle. Um, yeah. Because, you know, this is our chance to spend the next two years building incredible products ensuring that they're tested in market, ensuring that they're secure, ensuring that we're seeing growth around the way audits are done and around security and around, you know, the, the, the real prodding of the technology. Uh, and that'll give us then that time we need in order to see that flow in of funds and that confidence from the outside world, um, mm -hmm. which I think, I think will be fairly crucial. I, I do think what we'll see in terms of that financial side um, that you referred to Coop is, Raising money will definitely be more difficult. Um, I think it'll be more difficult right, right now, probably more importantly, because I think for most of the funds, they're still trying to establish, you know, what's happening, what's our plan, what's our plan of attack. But, you know, in reality, they, they will be investing and they will be investing in what they think is going to form a part of this next, next evolution of blockchain technology. Um, what, we, what we will see, though, is a re reduced valuation on a lot of businesses as they're going to market their the seed yeah. prices will be lower which yeah. makes complete sense in reality you know i think fundamentals will become more important there'll be a lot more due diligence about what is your real business model where is the value really created here in building this mm -hmm. product and less about that sounds really cool and that should be a really interesting product um so i i think you know we we will see a change but 
if we then sort of talk to why, um, I think Algorand will be at the forefront of, of that next sort of round of investment. I think it's really looking to what do we think is the next cycle of blockchain's evolution. And, and uh, I think, you know, in reality, what we're going to see with things that happen with things like Terra and Luna, where we're now going to see regulation coming a little bit closer. You know, AJ yeah. says this really well, with regulation coming closer, the rest of the world will also come closer because, you know, an additional vote of confidence, which is sad that it takes regulators and governments to almost bestow confidence to some degree. But, you know, as a part of that step closer, we will see this, this you know, additional confidence and additional flow in of users but this this next evolution, you know, will be real world use cases adopting distributed ledger technology to improve their systems and processes and improve what they do, which, you know, if we sort of look at any technology that's poised for that kind of adoption. So whether that be contracts on chain, identity on chain, yeah. transacting across the globe, institutional yeah. data storage, bringing collectibles on chain, like we're seeing, you know, NFTs being that first proof point of that. You know, our brand makes an incredible sense as a front runner for that technology move. Absolutely. And, you know, I just I, like I said, I just got back from consensus and it it is Algorand is woefully undermentioned or understood. You know, it, it just it's it is a you know, like people are like, is that a layer two? It's like, really? I guess me like living in the bubble. I, and I also think that that's probably I'm like, well, you don't know <laughs> Well, you don't watch the recoup. What is going on? <laughs> But uh, I, you know, I can. But I guess my point is, is that I also think that that's why the community got, you know, so excited today, really. And it's the Ethereum Foundation like put their neck out to criticize Algorand, and they were wrong, you know. And so it's like it's almost like it's almost legitimizing on some levels. Like, okay, finally they're mentioning it. I mean, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm being a little dramatic. Like, obviously Algorand's on the radar. People know who Silvio Macaulay is, and. And it, but it isn't quite understood. And the, and that's like the whole thing where we're going to lead with the tech. But if people don't understand the tech, I mean, you know, if the guys at the Ethereum Foundation don't understand the tech, like then, you know, people don't understand how good it is. I mean, that's case in point right there, right? Completely. And look, I think, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I think it was a strange time for Ethereum to also be posting this, you know, like it's chaos out there at the minute. It felt like a really odd moment in time to see this yeah. come out. So I don't quite know sort of what was going on in the background to sort of cause that. Um, as much as I'd like to comment on what they were talking about, it was well beyond me. Uh, I think for most people who, you know, read Paul's response was even like, all right, that seems okay. uh, that seems like i definitely don't understand so this is yeah. <laughs> this is beyond me well i'm glad i'm glad you too i did a i did a algorand earlier and i i revealed like look i don't all i know is that it it sure seemed like he was right and then there's definitely no lattices in our verifiable random function i know that okay oh yeah. no look paul's response was brilliant like you know and and i think it really boiled down to that there there wasn't enough uh research or which I think is also probably a fundamental issue. You know, in reality, I think it would have been great for Ethereum Foundation to reach out to Algorand and say, hey, guys, this is what we found. Can we get your feedback? Yeah. Would have actually been a brilliant approach, um, which is why I sort of feel like it was a really strange, um, you know, play out in terms of timing and in terms of not actually having a discussion with Algorand, uh, which would have been, I think, the ideal scenario. But Understanding is key. And, and um, again, you know, the Australia Zoo launch was a great example, you know, how many people were like, oh, God, this is terrible. And, and I think it's, you know, it's it's where we, we need to have more of a voice out there about what this technology is capable of, what it is doing, provide real world examples. And it's going to take consistency. I think we, we need a concerted effort to get the message out there. I probably feel less less worried about the blockchain community becoming more educated. Like I obviously think that's really valuable to bring DeFi funds across and everything like that. But if we actually look at the stats of how many true blockchain users are out there that are using it on a regular basis, you know, we're talking absolutely tiny numbers on a global scale. You know, I think yeah. um, the, the real battlefront is educating the public on, Hey, no, you know, it's not all scams. It's not all yeah. bad for the environment. It's not this terrible boogeyman that you've heard about in the closet. This is actual yeah. real technology that brings real value to your everyday lives and can create genuine um, 
powerful implications for the globe, whether it be through reducing carbon footprint and reducing, you know, so many different types of transactions now that are done in terrible ways and bringing them on chain and reducing cost and reducing time spent. And, and I think that is really where we, we need to be spending our energy is making sure that this sort of next generation, the next billion users actually understands uh, which technology they should be looking to use in their everyday lives. Okay, so here we go. This is so you get approached by somebody that knows nothing about blockchain technology. They've heard that most of these things are a Ponzi scheme. They say these are all Ponzi's. It's just you're you're throwing your money at nothing and you know you're going to lose it all. And that's what it is. It's just greater fool theory. Like there's no point. There's no point. Okay, so you have a JPEG, I mean, or you have, um, okay, you have some magical internet money that is eventually going to go to zero. What is your response to somebody like that, that you feel inclined to defend the value of black blockchain technology? And I, I do get this a lot. Um, yeah. I often get people, and, and this is where I sort of say patience, because I often can reply in what I think is a really clear message. And, and you can still get this sort of response that, that obviously didn't really take in what you've said. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the key there is is being patient because I think to win over the community, it's going to take us all collectively holding their hands, um, being quite humble and, and helpful in, in bringing them in and actually embracing them into this space, I think will be really right. key. For, for most people, I sort of, you know, I try to use some real world examples because I find it's it's probably the most meaningful. Um, so first of all, I talk about, you know, we, we, we look at any new technology Look at the first mobile phones, you know, like you, you needed a little wheelbarrow to roll it around with, you know, it, it, I'm sure it used a huge amount of plastic. I'm sure it was horrible for the environment. It probably caused brain cancer because, you know, that it was emitting all kinds of crazy stuff out of them. No one could afford one. You, you know, almost no one had one. Yeah. It, that wasn't, that wasn't the technology itself. That wasn't where it was going. That was the proof point. This was the proof point that, Hey, this is what's actually it's possible to do. And I think if we look across the board, even early internet was in the same category. In reality, it wasn't going to be perfect on day one. No technology is perfect on day one. It's, it's the fundamentals of what can be achieved with this technology. With mobile phones, it was the ability to communicate from anywhere in the world easily, you know, from a personal device. And, you know, we, we look at the evolution of what, what that's actually done, you know, from those first phones to what we have now is just in, incredible. Uh, and how much has changed the world is just insane. And I think the internet in the same category early internet was a nightmare. I don't know if anyone was on there in the early days, but it was chaos. <laughs> but the, the concept and what it could do with expanding on that, that technology is really where, where we needed to end up. And blockchain technology is going through the same cycle. The early version is not the final version. Um, right. The early version was the proof point of what we could do if we really build on this kind of incredible technology. And our grant, I think, is a fundamental piece of, of that end version of where we'll ideally see that technology. If we then go to a real world use case, I love the NFT one. For starters too, the noise is really hard for people to see through. Cryptocurrency noise, JPEGs, it's all very difficult. Like it, it's the most exciting, dramatic piece of news. So it's of course what most people hear about. It's yeah. also of course the thing people remember. No one remembers that Silvio Macali, you know, was the co-inventor of zero knowledge proofs. No one remembers that piece. They remembered how much a board ape sold for or a crypto punk sold for. You know, you tell yeah. them both bits of information, they've forgotten yeah. the, the, the Silvio yeah. Macali piece in seconds. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many houses they could have bought for a picture of a jet, you know, yeah, some hundred percent. Yeah. It's human nature. And this is where the consistency and the patience again sort of comes in. But I, I like to use the NFT scenario. And firstly, NFTs weren't designed for JPEGs originally. They were designed for things like contracts and identity and other kinds of data. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a basketball card collector from back in the day. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. you know, all I did as a teenager was buy and trade basketball cards. It was brilliant. Uh, and I look back at that as a collectibles hobby. You know, for me, the early Michael Jordan rookie cards, for example, now are worth an incredible amount of money. Minted or, or printed on a fraction of a cent of cardboard with a fraction of a cent of ink. Stats now show there are more counterfeits than genuines out there in market that can become incredibly hard to distinguish from each other. Huge environmental impact to produce. You had packs, you had the cartons, you had to ship them globally. Every time you sell one, it's a nightmare of a process. You know, you lose huge fees selling it on eBay. You've then got to ship it. You've got another huge carbon footprint to ship this tiny card. The process is horrendous. You know, why in the world would that be an improvement on a 
digital version on chain that has full provenance, that is immutable, that can't be counterfeited, that has full liquidity, that you can trade in seconds with anyone in the globe, trustlessly in hundreds of different currencies, um, that has almost no carbon footprint, that you can take anywhere at any time, that you can borrow against, that has this incredible amount of utility and this incredible amount of value. Why in the world would that cryptographically secure digital version of that card be any worse than the sub-ascent printed version? You know, and that's the example I kind of love because I find a lot of people yeah. can relate to that and go, okay, well, I can see that seems insane. <laughs> why, <laughs> why, would, why would that be better? But, you yeah. know, again, I think as human nature, we're, we're stuck in this idea of tangible was real. Um, yeah. and, and I think that is changing, but you know, it, it is going to be a process. Right. So then, um, well, first of all, do you have a Michael Jordan rookie card? Uh, you, I did. You did. You got rid of it. I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> PSA that was the 10. Card. Oh, the whole kit. Wow. Yeah. oh, wow. Did you sell it recently at least? Uh, <laughs> not as recent as I would have liked. <laughs> okay. Cause that's a, a, a 2020 or uh, later you've, you'd have gotten a nice price. I'm sure, but I'm sure you did fine. That was the card that I always wanted. I, my best friend when I was a kid was gifted that by his dad. And I was like, fucking my dad sucks, but <laughs> I'll never get a Michael Jordan rookie card. All right. So, but moving on. So then, okay. On the flip side of that. So then why is, you know, why are cryptocurrencies worth anything? Why are, why aren't they just all Ponzi schemes that is with greater fool theory? Like, you know, what's going on, Michael? Like, I'm sure you have people asking this to you all the time, right? I mean, there must be people. They're always asking me, I, I, you know, how, what's your answer to that? Um, what's going on, Michael, felt very pointed, by the way. <laughs> it felt like a very dangerous question. Um, uh, Look, I, I, I don't think they're wrong in, in many ways. I think the market is in, incredibly inflated. You know, we're in this yeah. sort of wild hype zone. Um, that And look, this doesn't just happen in, in, in blockchain and in crypto. There's plenty of, of assets on, on the stock exchange that if you actually look at the fundamentals, so much of it is built on hopium and, you know, not necessarily on fundamentals. But I think this is what will really see the change. You know, in reality, in many ways, um, I think tokens will need to replace real world examples of, of existing structures. Um, and I think that this will be truer than ever for things like tokens. Now that might include representing art and representing collectibles and representing contracts. It might include representing equity, you know, the equivalent mm -hmm. of trustless, autonomous, transparent equity. Um, it could include memberships. It could include community passes. Like, but I, I really think what we we will need to see, and I, and I think we'll see a value adjustment in the market because of this. Um, I think what we really need to see is is us taking proven models from the real world and doing exactly what blockchain was intended to do, which is replacing a lot of what they do manually and painfully and opaquely with blockchain technology. Um, so, you know, I, I do think cryptocurrency and, uh, you know, can, can be incredibly overvalued in the, in the sense that it doesn't necessarily have the, the necessary fundamentals to support that valuation. Um, right. And so I, I do think we will see a reckoning in terms of what happens. This doesn't necessarily mean, you know, we see everything go to 1% of what it was or 10% or 20% or 50%. I think what it'll mean is there, there will need to be more being done by projects to ensure there is a value proposition behind their tokens that makes sense. Right. Um, you know, and, and I still see a lot of products out there that, you know, you, you start pulling at threads as to where the value is and, and it can be very hard to identify. Right. And, and you mentioned it, you said that, you know, the early, we're in the early days of blockchain technology. So, you know, the earliest technology that most people know about, and, you know, there was clearly, there was predecessors, but is Bitcoin, right? And that is a simple technology. It is a, uh, I mean, simple, it's not simple, but it's more, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a basic, it's a clarity to it or whatever. Um, now, do you feel like, Bitcoin is going to be outdated or are you of the, and it's going to be these newer technologies like Algorand and, and things like that, or who, whatever comes next, or do you see Bitcoin as that store of value that will persist? Um, 
AJ and I actually have this debate quite regularly and we probably slit, sit, you know, sit at slightly different sides of the conversation, which I actually think is incredibly valuable. I think um, we, we uh, a good debate and, and a civil friendly debate that's intended to, to discover and understand the other side is something right. we lack a lot in the world today. I think there's a lot of, you know, people actually angrily sitting on opposite sides and there's quite polarized sides to discussions. Um, you know, so I do think we, we need to see more conversations that are genuinely exploratory to try and learn and better collectively. Uh, and so AJ and I have the Bitcoin debate constantly. Um, and that's mostly because I, I, you know, for me, I have complete respect that Bitcoin was first. Um, I have complete respect with what they built. But, you know, I probably see the future of, of money, which is really what I think Bitcoin is, you know, and, and this is probably the difference between Bitcoin and Algorand. Algorand is a technology and it does have a, a fundamental concept that, you know, the token in theory will become deflationary as we see the need to lock up 0.1 algo per asset in your wallet. So we're going to see the reduction of in circulation. It's going to become, you know, the token that's required to transact and it'll become the, the rails for the world in terms of data exchange, uh, which could be, you know, when I say data exchange, that can be dollars or it could be identity. Um, and, I, and I think it, and I think just to, sorry to interrupt you, and exactly. I, I, I feel like I am derailing you right now, but it is worth noting when it comes to Algo that as all of these transactions, which are you know millions of transactions, we think oh it's so easy to transact, so cheap, but. When there is, you know, things like FIFA, the NASDAQ, however big it gets, when it becomes that volume of transactions, those transaction fees will eventually add up, right? Uh, look, that and and um, assets on chain with that point one algo that will, will cause more and more algo to be locked up as well. I think there's yeah. a genuine, you know, analysis that needs to be done as to what that point one algo lockup will mean in 10 years, because I think we need to ensure it's not going to be actually problematic at some point. But right. completely. And I think the other difference too, Coop, is, you know, to your point that we're going to see a lot of transactions happening on our ground that wouldn't happen normally on a lot of other blockchains because it wouldn't make sense. So, you know, right. it's also not comparing apples for apples. We're not saying, oh, one day we'll get to the same transaction volume as X in terms of financial transactions because our grand will do hundreds of things that you wouldn't do on other chains, you know, yeah. which means we'll see a lot of transactions that wouldn't normally take place. Um, so, which is why Algorand needs to have a, so much more throughput in order to keep up with that demand that we'll have. Um, uh, but on the, on back on the Bitcoin yeah. front, before I forget. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, great. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, um, I'm great. At, I'm great at this. I just like to interrupt people mid thought and, you know, make sure I can get my thought. In. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and, and someone much smarter than me, you know, it'd be good to talk about the, you know, the, the global economy and, and what money looks like in the future, because, you know, I, I think my thoughts are, are without, you know, uh, formal training that probably means that I might be saying something very dumb right now, but I'm going to roll with it. Um, you know, for, for me, you know, I've always seen the future of money, something that, that does have some kind of intrinsic value uh, and, and I think relatable value in terms of genuine supply and demand, you know, so traditionally that's been gold, you know, yeah. gold may may play a role in that depending on what its actual commercial usages is. But in reality, I think there are other assets that will probably pay more, more play more value in what is a currency in the future. Mm -hmm. um, some of those could be digital, such as things like algo that are actually genuinely needed to run the, the financial um, systems or the rails that we're talking about that the world will transact on. You know, yeah. some of that could be digitized water, could become a global currency or digitized grain holdings or other assets that we genuinely need and genuinely have utility that genuinely have, you know, relatable value. You know, blockchain technology potentially makes that in incredibly easy for it to be priced. Um, we also traditionally had, you know, these currencies as this settlement layer because it gave a relative value that was sort of universal to, you know, in, in the case of fiat, a region. Um, I, I don't know how important that'll be for the future. I think the ability to easily route between almost any pairing, you know, in seconds at almost no cost with something like Algorand may remove some of those barriers that were sort of traditional issues that were being solved. Um, uh, so in short, uh, Bitcoin, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Like I'm, I'm definitely a, a fan of Bitcoin and in the short term, I think it's, you know, one of the really strong candidates as an alternative to the fiat system. 
um, along with gold, I think is in a very similar boat. But, you know, in terms of what the future lies in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, it, it, I think it'd be quite interesting um, to sort of see, you know, what we, we, we desire and what we, what we, you know, collectively believe is valuable. Um, and I think it's going to be things that have genuine utility on a global scale that, you know, we collectively understand and would collectively take physical ownership of or, or, or need ownership of in the digital format like Algo uh, in order to function. Right. And so AJ, your partner, he, he takes the other side of this argument. Um, look, I, I shouldn't say that because he, he would, I think he'd need to be here to, you know, propose his thoughts on this as well. So maybe we should do that debate <laughs> one day because I think it would actually be quite, quite fun. That um, would be fun. Yeah. You can I do it here. Gold. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I think AJ would be up for it as well. I, I recently did a, uh, not that recently, over a year ago now, but did a debate about gold with Henrik Anderson, which is one of the, like, the key Bitcoin investors in Australia, which was really fun as well. I actually really enjoyed that debate. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, th- I think he probably doesn't necessarily agree with with what I'm thinking. And, and look, you know, I think this is the the brilliance of, of these kind of conversations is you can really sort of prod each other and, you know, see where the gaps are. Maybe you can help fill a gap. Maybe you can help poke a hole, you know, but I think yeah. it's sort of the key for us actually progressing. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some people out there being like, well, sure, Michael Cotton thinks it ha- should have intrinsic. He's the gold guy. Like, yeah, of, co- <laughs> of course, that's what he thinks. <laughs> and look, I, I think the difference is, does it need to be physical? I think, you know, because I don't necessarily think it does. Like, I think Algo will have intrinsic value. If, it, if Algo becomes the rails for, for everything or for a majority of transactions of, in, in data mm-hmm. in the world, there's an intrinsic value to the algo because it's required to hold assets and to transact. So, you know, I suppose what, what does intrinsic mean is a good question. 10 years ago, it was definitely gold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Now it's gold and others. Yeah, it, it sure is. You would, I mean, 10 years ago, the price of gold would not be $1,800. Uh, it would be yeah. more than that. And in, in, in an environment like this, I'm sure. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I feel like, I mean, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm reading into it, but you're like, wait, this wasn't what, what are we doing? We're talking all about Bitcoin. Like, was this what you were expecting, Michael? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'll roll with it. Uh, roll with it? OK, good. All right. Well, so, OK, here we are. We're back. I'm sweating buckets. Now, let's uh, let's just kind of tie this together with um, what's what's coming like. What do you see? Last time we talked, you talked about the Al, uh, you know, the Algorand, the Algo Summer, and I believe we've started. When we found out since then, we found about found out about FIFA. You know, we have so such the the acquisition of Napster, LimeWire. There's these big names, and you know, FIFA is also exciting because it's not just a sponsorship. You know, potentially we're talking about tickets and nfts and whatever else the, you know the trading cards like you're talking about the world cup trading cards and all these things and so um but outside of that like what what is next what's next for meld what's next for algorand and what do you think is just next in general so i think in terms of like there's there's the the platforms that we actually have um coming to market so you know projects like polonize prismatic um, the guys at Wayru, we've got Meadow Labs, you know, who just did the Australia Zoo. They've got other IP coming to market as well. Um, mm-hmm. They're also doing some other incredible work in the background that will be announced soon. Uh, we've got projects like Hone, which is the, the liquid staking for Algorand launching. Uh, you know, we really do just have this sort of long list of, of incredible projects coming to market. You know, Cosmic Champs, I think, launches next week from memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really do have a long list of, of great things coming to market. I think the key for the community is, is to really help support the builders that are doing good work. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean financially. I think it also just means, you know, getting in there and using the product and on testnet and, and helping them with feedback and, and helping really improve what the ecosystem, um, is trying to grow, uh, because we do need to battle test for this next two years. So we are ready for, you know, the next wave of adoption. Um, yeah. In terms of for us, I think what we're really focused on is is what we believe is this next next phase for blockchain tech, uh, which is you know real use of blockchain technology to improve current processes and systems and products. You know, so for us, we're really leaning into um, supporting and backing more and more founders. Uh, we're going to be doing more and more incubation uh, and and building out these products. We think will be you know crucial to this next wave of adoption. 
Um, on top of that, I think we're going to spend a lot more time on the education piece as well. Um, so trying to really ensure that we can help get the message out there about what what blockchain is actually what blockchain can actually really do when you're using technology like Algorand. Uh, so, you know, when we get through this next phase and we have all these great products and all this great technology for the community to use, they actually are interested in using it. Um, yeah. You know, so we, we do need both. Uh, but, yeah, so I think that's really sort of the core of what we're, we've got focused on for this sort of next period. So it sounds like your thoughts are we're, we're in a bit of a winter and it's going to last a couple of years. We, we need to be building, you know, and yeah. we definitely have this next sort of bright period of actual great things you can do. Like, and, and I think, you know, forgetting the financial side as much, you'll be able to do so much more on our grand in these next months. You know, there'll be so many possibilities. You can actually start playing around with different strategies and using different kinds of products and, and getting more involved and immersed in the, in the ecosystem um, in a way that's more than us talking about how good it's going to be, which will, which will be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for, for most of the projects in terms of on the financial side, this is the time to build um, and to build great products uh, and to build thinking about what this next sort of evolution of tech looks like. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's been delivered the, from the first conversation that we had at AlgoFest. There was a lot of a, what we're going to be able to do when things start to launch. And since that day, which like we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, that's less than a year ago. And um, it sure is, right? Yeah, it's less than a year ago. And now there's a lot that you can do. And in a couple of months, like you're saying, there's going to be even more. And so we're going in the right direction. And right now it's less time, you know, it's less about your gains and more about if you believe in this and it's going to separate, you know, the weak and uh, from the strong, the guys that actually believe in this and, and what it can provide the world. And, you know, and when you're down here and you're accumulating on the financial side, if you're right about what it's going to provide, you're going to be fine financially um, in the future. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, the other one too, for all the community out there is I think it, it's great to help people get involved and help educate them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And giving up a little bit of time to sort of help people really understand what, what the yeah. ecosystem is about and what this technology is about. Um, and, and look, you know, we, we do need to see easier ways to participate as well. It's still, could be easier. And I think this yeah. is a part of that next tech leap, you know, this next two years, I think we'll see uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, tech built that'll make it much, much easier for people to participate. Absolutely. And then, you know, when I usually when I talk to, you know, you or other builders, a big focus is how can we make this just be in the background where it feels like Web 2, but it's actually Web 3, where people can just click on a button, less buttons, you know, less pushing and less, less not knowing what's going to happen and things just showing up quickly. And that's what Algorand provides, right? And look, not to extend your sauna session, Coop, but, um, <laughs> but you know, in, in reality too, I think, you know, for most of us that are here early, uh, we, we are early adopters, which means, you know, we, we aren't necessarily the same as everyone else, uh, yeah. which, which were a particular, particular type of, of people that, that, you know, are willing to take the risk and go through the heartache of dealing with yeah. tech that's clunky and more difficult. For, for, for blockchain adoption in, in the form that, you know, we use it today, you know, it would require most of the world to manage things like private keys, which, yeah. you know, in, in reality is, is, is unlikely to be the case. I think most people aren't actually prepared for that responsibility. Um, yeah. they, they aren't prepared and, and they potentially aren't willing. You know, what we need to see on that tech side is, is something between the two worlds that means they can participate in a, in a fashion, like you say, that feels very web too, without necessarily giving up the control that, you know, we, we take for granted when you're in the space, you know, deeply, you know, I think we, we need to see that tech built that sort of the, the, you know, bridges, I feel like bridge sort of is confusing because it's not necessarily the same bridge we're talking about, but you know, that yeah. sort of bridges that gap and, and allows that audience that won't want to manage private keys start to participate without sort of giving up everything that blockchain, you know, um, brings to the table. And, and look, Celsius was a good example. It's a centralized system and we've seen the issues that's now caused by, by having something that's still purely in that traditional camp and not somewhere between the two worlds that, that means yeah. you have access without giving up all those benefits of blockchain. Well, and, you know, Celsius makes a wonderful uh, case for regulation. I mean, they were just they were just degens in the background and now they're trying to, you know, 
they're, they just they're throwing a hail mary. So hopefully Alex is Aaron Rodgers because he seems to be able to actually land those hail marys. But um, you know, I, I will say before we go, you know, it, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Michael. You seem to be the perfect person to be out there informing people, educating people. So it's just because it's one of those things, right? I've noticed like if you're if you're defensive in your answers, people turn off. If you are trying to show how smart you are in the way you respond to somebody because they're asking a stupid question, it turns people off. So if people have a stupid question about the, you know, have, you know, be kind and give them an answer. Let them go on their way knowing more. You know, no need to be the smartest guy in the room sometimes. No need to defend your honor, um, you know, so quickly. <laughs> And, and look, because the, the big thing is, it, it actually doesn't achieve the goal that that we all want to see, which is the, yeah. the. I think our ultimate goal is that people embrace this technology, you know. Yeah. And, and like you say, could we, you know, we're actually alienating people through those kind yeah. of you know responses. And you know, I always remind myself, what's the goal here? The goal here is we want everyone to adopt, both for their benefit, um, and for you know a global benefit, a collective benefit. So. You know, I, that's I always sort of have to remind myself that that is the goal. What is what, what best achieve that goal? And I think that's you know, if we, we can all apply the same thought process, we'll uh, we'll be killing it. All right, all right. Well, thank you so much. You're of course you're always welcome to come back. I love checking in with you. And uh, yeah, well, here we go. Bear market. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coop. Really appreciate it. Right. Thanks, everyone. All right. All right.